Hey everybody, hope this finds you doing well today, or whatever day it is again, right? I never know when you're listening, I say it every time, whether it's in the morning or at the end of the day. Either way, I hope you've had or will have a blessed day, right? I have to say that um, last few days for me have been really, really pretty good, right? I can't complain. Um, Although there's always stressors in a family, right? There's always something going on that's creating um, any sort of stressor, right? Everybody's going through something. Couples are always going through something, whether it's on an individual basis as the husband or the wife, or in a lot of cases, they can both be going through the same emotional pain, right? The last couple of podcasts have been sort of focused on how a husband or a man may go through um, pain or hurts, right, stressors, um, and um, <coughs> also on how uh, wives or girlfriends may go through their um, aches, pains, emotional situations, right? We all go through trauma differently. We all receive stressors differently. Right. Again, especially if they're on an individual basis, maybe something happened to um, the husband or boyfriend that didn't directly happen to the wife or girlfriend. Right. That happens a lot. Um, but as I said, there are a lot of situations out there where the couple suffers together. Right. And that's sort of my topic today. Um Couples working through the same pain, right? That can be difficult because the timing is never the same. You're not going to have better days the same day, worse days the same day, right? There's this um, unbalanced sort of ebb and flow to how each of them will deal with said uh, emotional pain from day to day. So, but before we get there, please don't forget to hit that support button. Right, Anything and everything you feel led to contribute to this podcast is greatly, greatly, greatly appreciated, and I count it all a blessing, absolute blessing, and I thank you for it. Um, even if you're not in the, in, uh, in the position to offer um, a monetary contribution uh, and you are a prayer warrior, you know, I am game for that too, right? Um, if you feel like this podcast is possibly reaching a lot of people, right, uh, and helping a lot of people, keep this podcast in your prayers, right, and keep those people in your prayers, too, um, I definitely appreciate that, right, and don't forget to hit that message button, don't hesitate to start a conversation or share some insight on something um, that I've shared that maybe it's your own personal experience um, on something related to the topic, I love conversation about this kind of stuff, right, um, it's fun to me, and I enjoy uh, helping others gain some insight, maybe a little bit of education, um, and it's all through my own personal life experiences um, and through my work experiences over the last 20 years. So I enjoy it, right? So <clears throat> couples working through pain together. Question, is it possible Right? I think so. 
I think so. In the last couple of podcasts, as I said, we talked about being able to identify or not identify when um, your man or husband or boyfriend is hurting inside. And we also talked about when your wife or girlfriend may be having some emotional hurt inside, right? Now, if you two are suffering the same pain, the same hurt, the same stressor, ponder that a minute. What if something devastating happened to you both? The same situation is affecting you both in the same way, right? You know, things like this happen every day. Some crisis situation um, or even happens to um, the both of you at the same time, right? Any given situation that can happen to you both. And of course, there are different variations of things, right? Loss of a family member, um, adult child in a car accident, um, or loss of a small child. Um, I I have some friends that did and lose children in their toddler years uh, um, and in their young adolescent or teenage years. That's devastating, right? Or maybe he or she, um, I don't know, your adult child gets robbed or raped or mugged. There are a slew of things that could go on this particular list, right? And you yourself could probably name a few more. I get that. But what to do, right? What do you do? As we discussed in in the last couple of podcasts, maybe uh, your person that struggles to lean on your spouse, maybe you are a person who struggles to lean on your spouse when dealing with your own pain. But in this scenario, it's happened to you both. You find that your adult child is addicted to drugs or in an abusive relationship. What do you two do? Will you lean on each other now at this point? Right? For couples suffering a horrific event, like I've mentioned, can result in trauma, which can lead, I've seen it lead, to divorce and fidelity, (coughs) or both sides uh, mentally and emotionally checking out of the relationship, right? Some marital relationships have a hard time getting over these traumatic events. Let's talk about some ways for couples to handle the shared trauma so their relationship thrives instead of dies. And I get it. I've seen I've seen couples that have suffered a loss in their relationship, usually a child, and just not make it. I don't know if they get hung up on who's hurting more. Or if they get up hung up on whose fault it might have been or who wasn't paying attention or, you know, you hear of those things a lot, right? Those are some of the worst ones. And then you hear of 
you know, couples losing jobs and losing their home and losing their cars. And even though one spouse may lose the job, the effect will be on both of them, right? So I would still call that um, a couple's um, stressful event because it is going to devastate you both if something doesn't happen to fix it, right? Have awareness. More so than when one of you are going through something, the other one is not. You should always be aware of each other's behaviors, thoughts, feelings, emotions. Often we forget that we went through the same traumatic event together. Remember, we're talking about something that happened to you both. Many people are good at brushing things off, all right? Laughing away hurt or distracting themselves with food, alcohol, entertainment, whatever it is. However, it's not until you're alone that you become aware of how an event traumatized you. That moment, the day ends, right? You got your regular hustle and bustle of the day's events, if you work eight to five or whatever the case may be. But it's that moment when the TV goes off at night and then your head hits the pillow that your brain is back up pacing the floor, right? And you got all these thoughts, all these emotions that you're feeling. You find it hard to get to sleep. Mm. This is when you have to be aware of what's going on with each other. Many people are good at brushing things off, as I said, but it doesn't always work, right? It doesn't always work, and it's not until you're alone that you become aware of how an event traumatized you. You feel the pain and anger and want to curl up into a tiny ball and hide. That doesn't work either, right? That doesn't work either. Unfortunately, a lot of us stay in this numb state, not wanting to feel. It's why so many people are perpetually on painkillers, right? You realize, or the body realizes that it does kill pain. It doesn't always recognize or notice the difference between physical pain or emotional pain. You're just numbing, right? Unfortunately, that happens. Without awareness of the pain or trauma, you can grow, you can't grow and learn. I'm not afraid to say some feelings, right? Or I'm not, this is tough for me because I'm, I'm going to share with you. I'm not afforded the same feeling, feelings processes as most of, most people are. My wife is really good at managing her anger. I am not. I have to intercept the initial thoughts and feelings and channel them in a different way. Right? I no longer abuse alcohol, so I don't use it for the purpose of self-medicating. So even as I slightly begin to feel, it comes on as anxiety first. But then I know the anger and rage is coming behind it. So I can't even, I cannot even let it get there. Right? So sometimes I do come across, which is part of my topic today, I do come across as though... I'm handling it well. That is not always the case. 
I'm just grateful that by God's grace, I don't have to friggin' drink a case of something just to not feel it, right? Couples need to be aware of their trauma that both the individuals are sharing. A therapist can help, right? A therapist can help you explore those issues in a safe environment. You know I'm all about counseling. I think it's a good thing. Therapy is a good thing, especially if a couple is having a hard time communicating the event and the effect that it has had on them. Sometimes um, have someone to help process that event or events, it makes a difference, right? To have somebody come in and help you too as a couple process those emotional pains is helpful, right? Sometimes the same event can reoccur, especially when the players, especially when the players didn't learn from the from the first, second, or third intervention, right? Sometimes as um, your kids grow up, they don't always go the way you think they should. And I'm not talking necessarily about anything extravagant like being a doctor or lawyer or law enforcement or a counselor or therapist type or firefighter. You know, sometimes you just hope that your kids will live a healthy lifestyle. Whether they work at some, I don't know, average Joe job, fast food, whatever. Good, maybe they do work at a good high-paying restaurant. That's good, too, right? I'll share a bit of our story. My youngest stepdaughter got caught up in some drug use with her boyfriend. This has been a few years ago, three years ago. Got caught up in some drug use and uh, some drug use related situations with like CPS. My grandson was removed from her home, from their home, her boyfriend were living together and placed with her mother and I. Well, it didn't take long before the retaliation began and there were allegations made about mostly me uh, because mom and I were the closest, right? Um, she said some things about her mom, too, but primarily me. Because where we were living, remember, is 27 hours away at the time. I currently live in Texas. No other family was around because we had moved states, but the allegations were such that one officer, one CPS caseworker came to our home. This is a few months into the whole process. Um, and removed our grandson from us because of some of those allegations. And again, this was several months later from when this whole event started. And by that time, another stepdaughter, this would be our youngest one's next oldest sister, had moved in with us too. She came with two boys. The officer and the caseworker proceeded to inform me that since the other kids were in the house, I could not stay there. This was a Friday night about 9 o'clock. It took a long time for us to find a place for me to go right somewhere to go for the weekend because they're not going to do anything until monday emotions were running pretty high i had even thought hey punch the cop go to jail and let them house you for the weekend (laughs) 
right? It was just a glimmer of a, that's where my anger used to take me, right? A long time ago. A long time ago, I probably would have done that. So look, you guys want me out of my own home? You're going to babysit me. Um, and I would have punched the cop and went to jail. But that comes with, a, you know, that comes with long-term affairs. It's like they just throw you in jail and then let you go, right? Now there's charges. <laughs> so needless to say, I didn't do that, right? But again, I didn't need those charges to follow me around um, because they are all out of the office until Monday. I had to be gone for the weekend. Needless to say, she causes more chaos for the rest of her family as well. Wasn't just me. Now, three years later, we're doing it again. She and her boyfriend got busted again, and so now we're going through this whole grandson rigmarole. Luckily, you know, she's got two boys. They have two different dads. Luckily, the oldest one's dad um, lives here in Texas um, close to us. Um, and we're just hoping that maybe he can get custody of, of uh, at least him. But we'll see. Needless to say, this did put a lot of strain on our marriage. But we chose to band together and lean on each other. Right? That is my point. We had already determined that this was not going to ruin us. Yes, we were still very worried about the grandbabies. She now has two boys, as I said, and um, one that we haven't met yet, the youngest one. So you see, sometimes an event will come at both of you. It will bring the same hurt and pain to you as a couple. My question is, will you manage through it? So many couples throw in the towel over devastating events that affect them both. Sometimes a couple is just so rattled that they can't overcome the pain. Don't let that be you. When facing trauma, you can go through the numb state of the difference, right? And you can both either stay in this sort of numbing state, trying to avoid the feelings, or in some cases, it comes at different speeds. The processing of the emotions come at different speeds for each of you. Some people stay there longer than others and say they're, uh, they may appear cold or distant and unaffected. Nothing could be further from the truth. Remember, everybody processes emotional pain differently. Those who hurt the most may numb the most. Right? Picture that. Those who do some of those oh, very unhealthy means of numbing themselves and avoiding may do that longer if they feel hurt more. Right? Maybe they're suffering more than you think. It's a reminder to respect each other's process. And know that everyone grieves differently. So while your partner may grieve by buying themselves um, or burying themselves in work and you prefer extra rest or sleep, you can acknowledge these differences by sitting down and talking about them. Please do not let an outside force ruin your relationship. Band together as we did. Take it on together as we did. Do not start 
attacking each other with frustration and resentment. More than ever, you need to tap into the love that brought you together, that that strong love and attraction you had during that honeymoon stage, you remember? That honeymoon stage of your relationship? Tap into why you fell in love in the first place and draw strength from it. That, along with our faith in God, is what has given us the strength to grow past these issues. And we just have to hang in there together, right? And we have to utilize each other. And again, I think the key point is that even though the trauma, the activating event, may have happened to you both at the same time, it doesn't mean that you're going to process them at the same speed, right? One of you may go through the stages of grief a little faster. Some of you may process um, some of what happened a little slower, right? It's not going to always necessarily be the same. So your up days may still be your spouse's down days. You have to take that into consideration when you're trying when you're legitimately trying to help each other go through whatever said situation or trauma was, right? One way to face the trauma is discover where you feel, where you feel it in your body. Some may feel it in their chest or stomach. Others may feel it in their head or neck, right? Sometimes you feel those stressors. You have headaches, neck pain, back pain. Some store of their trauma in their extremities, right? All of a sudden your shoulder or elbow hurts. Talk to each other about this. This is a good topic to discuss. Talk to each other about these things. You may be surprised to learn that your partner feels trauma in a different way than you do. Which between men and women, I can tell you that nine times out of ten, that's going to be the case. You're not going to process any given situation the same. I found that the best way to move through the numbness and bring awareness is through movement. Right? That could be, I don't know, some people like going dancing. There's yoga. There's hiking. I like hiking. My wife and I ride motorcycle and go to church. Right? We have been doing a whole lot of hiking later, lately, but we do have our motorcycle. We do love to go for rides, and we love surrounding ourselves by positive church friends and family. A strong church family is a big plus. Everything that gets, anything that gets you moving, right? Try to find activities that you can do together. For us, as I said, we're able to tap into and become aware of so many emotions when we ride, right? Because you're together, but you're still separate, and you're processing your own thoughts during that ride, processing your own emotions during that ride. You can pray as loud as you want to at 70 miles an hour, right? Nobody's going to hear you. It's just you two together, separately talking with God in prayer or processing thoughts, feelings, and emotions There is 
something about being on a motorcycle in prayer that allows us to connect to ourselves and get to the essence of what's bothering us, right? It brings us closer. The next part of couples facing pain or hurt is acceptance. What you resist will persist. So if you don't accept what's happened, then you don't grow from it. You lose intimacy and connection between the two of you. One thing that dealing with the same hurt is it provides prime opportunity to get closer spiritually and emotionally speaking. Right? It's one thing that you have in common. You're going through the same ache and pain or trauma. And in itself provides, like I said, great opportunity. Great opportunity for you to get closer spiritually and emotionally. Don't sacrifice your love and intimacy. Don't allow for permanent damage, right? Uh, don't allow for permanent damage over a temporary situation. It will pass. But it will pass. <laughs> Be left standing as a strong couple. Right? <coughs> Be standing as a strong couple. People notice that. People notice that. Not accepting trauma also erodes trust. You know, that's one of my favorite words, erosion. If you become defensive or critical when conversations about trauma, your partner may begin to believe that they can't trust you with their emotions, their thoughts, their feelings. They can't trust you to hold space for them. One thing you cannot allow to happen is to start competing on who is hurting more. Please don't do that. If you want to avoid seeing your relationship crash and burn, do not compete on whose emotional pain is the worst. Seeing families do that too, and they start blaming each other, right? It's never good. Never good. You will already have good and bad days when managing your emotions. And guess what? Your good days may not come on the same day. Keep that in mind. Differences in brain structure means that women are more likely to have a vocabulary for grief and emotional pain and a need to communicate with others about their emotional experience. Guys, keep that in mind. In most cases, women feel drawn to talk about it. Now, men, however, generally explore and discuss their experiences using cognitive processes. Biological differences also contribute to why men tend to cry less, cry less often than women. It is important to remember that the absence of tears does not equate to the absence of pain. Ladies, I need you to get that. 
The absence of tears does not equate to the absence of pain. I promise you, your man is hurting too. He's just taking a different path and processing the whole ordeal. Right? My wife cried a bunch when we were going through this ordeal with my grandson. I cried off and on, especially that night when I had to leave and go find my own hotel room. One, I was in shock for a lot of it. I couldn't believe I was even in this position. And then in processing the events and processing the situation, sure, I cried. I broke down. But I broke down in prayer too, right? Because I can't believe, and I'm isolated, I'm alone. My wife has her daughter and the other two grandsons there in the home to help maybe sort of aid a little bit in her emotional pain. I'm in this hotel room surrounded by, I know there was some drug dealing going on. I know there's probably some prostitution going on because it wasn't the finest of places, I promise. So I didn't venture out any. And it was tough having to process that stuff alone. There's a difference between feeling alone and actually being alone, especially if you're a guy like me who has grown to a place where I can talk about things, right? I can talk about things, but that's the difference, right? Women are compelled to talk about it. Understand that, guys. Ladies, the absence of tears does not equate to the absence of pain. We can still hurt, too. Much of the way we think, act, and feel is shaped by the way we were raised and our subsequent life experiences. Boys, particularly in previous generations, are often discouraged from crying. Boys' activities tend to focus on action, and a a man exhibiting a public display of emotion is often not socially accepted. But I have to say, I feel like 2022, I think men, younger men have come a long ways. You still have some of them old school folks that are in their late 50s, 60s, and 70s who still have some of um, that old way of thinking, right? But hopefully, I I pray for the men today are loosening up and being able to share what's going on with them. So maybe there was a time when it wasn't socially accepted. A man in our society is expected to be in control, be rational, be courageous, be assertive, uh, be a provider, right? Be competitive, be sexually potent, be able to bear pain, accomplish tasks and achieve goals, We're also expected to express anger and endure stress without giving up. These are some real reasons why you see your husband grieving or processing differently. The way you to process through an emotional hurt or trauma, right, that does affect you both can look very different and should be approached differently. Although, right, 
although you think it's safe to say, I think it's safe to say that men today, as I mentioned a second ago, are a little more open about what's going on with them. I really hope so, right? I know that on the men's men's group I do on Monday night and the one that I attend on Wednesday night, the one that I attend on Wednesday night is facilitated by some other gentleman so that um, I'm not in a position of facilitating it and, and uh, um, I can relax a little more. But I get something out of both. I love our men's group on Monday night because it's connected to our Celebrate Recovery meeting, obviously. And um, it's amazing what men today are more willing to share with each other. Same with our men's group on Wednesday night. I'm in awe at some of the things that um, some of the men are willing to be open about. And, of course, sometimes that's because you know, if they're fairly new, it's because one of the other men in the group has presented themselves as very open and has talked about some very intimate details of some of his life, right? And I think that sort of spawns the feeling of safety in that group when other men can hear other men sharing some of their life experiences and sharing some of the hurts pains and trauma in their life, right? Even if it is of their doing. Not all of it is, right? But even if it is of their doing, they're opening up about it, right? And that's that's part of the thing. There are a lot of hurting men out there that aren't given the opportunity to do just that. Sit in a room full of other men and express what it is they're going through. It's amazing to watch when there's couples involved, more so. My wife and I attend Celebrate Recovery. We're leaders. There are several other couples um, that attend Celebrate Recovery, right, and a couple that are leaders. But it seems like when there's several couples doing this together, even though the men's group are separate from the women, obviously, but they can take their experience home and talk about it. Right? Especially if it's something sort of pressing. We don't always talk about how we were thinking or feeling during our women's group or men's group. Um, and we don't ever talk about the details of either group. Um, but we are free to talk about how we felt and what our thought process was. Um, And I feel like my wife and I draw strength from each other through the strength of our small groups. Um, It's a good thing. It's a healthy thing. And again, if it wasn't for our church family or um, our Celebrate Recovery family, there are times where we don't know how we would have handled some things. Right? But keep in mind that not all men have arrived. Right. As I'm saying this, I'm saying I feel like men are becoming more apt to share their thoughts, feelings and emotions. That's not the case everywhere. Because we still have that macho man mentality in some cases. Right from childhood, there is 
the suggestion that big boys don't cry, that a man must always be strong and not show softness, weakness, or tears. The feelings of sadness and loss may be overwhelming, but the conditioning interferes. The conditioning that men have gone through since childhood interferes with the ability to let that stuff go. The tears are checked and attention is turned to something else. Maybe that's why, I, maybe I have to look this up statistically. Do men have more heart, more heart issues, more heart attacks? Right? There could be a connection there. The contrast with women in this area is dramatic. Women may often cry openly and talk openly about their pain. A man may appear cold, irritable, angry, or depressed and often cannot talk easily about his pain. This difference may lead to trouble between a grieving mom and dad or a hurting husband or wife, right, who simply do not understand each other, who simply do not understand how each other grieves, how you grieve as a woman, how I may grieve as a man is different. It is different. At this stage, it may seem that neither husband nor wife can easily help the other because both need care and understanding. The provider, either husband or wife, might not have a special need for time to work through his or her own emotions. I make that point because I need to make this point. You may be going through the same traumatizing event at the same time. But don't avoid the grieving process by trying to aid your significant other in theirs. Take the time to get through yours too, right? I always say to people in recovery, they're trying to help people way early. Uh, you can't take someone somewhere you haven't been. Right? Work through your emotions, work through the trauma, work through the hurt as much as you're trying to be a supportive person for, <coughs> for your significant other. Right? They have to work, I think, in parallel. Don't avoid your grieving while trying to support your significant other, right? It's got to give be some give and take because you got to be strong enough to shoulder what he or she is going through, but you also need to be aware of what you're not processing. I hope that makes sense. I hope you guys find this a good podcast, and I hope that it helps you guys. Right. I'm a big couples advocate. I think ever since July 7th of 2002, when my wife came home from a seven month separation, I have been a couples advocate. Right. I hold her dear and near to my heart and she's incredible. And I feel like she feels the same way 
about me. And we are creeping up on 22 years of marriage, right? But as I described earlier in this podcast, it hasn't always been easy. And her and I have had to work hard to manage through some of these stressful situations with our kids without losing sight of each other's needs, right? Without losing sight of each other. So do the best you can, work hard at it, stay together, right, if at all possible. I appreciate your time. Thanks for listening if you're a returning listener. If you're new, I appreciate you. I hope you keep coming back, right? And until next time, be blessed, everybody.